0: Hey, good evening. Good evening. It's life. Is it life at six? Wow. That's, a, that's cool. <laughs> Why don't you just turn to your person next to you and just say, look, I love your hairstyle. <laughs> Did you do that? Tell them, I love your hairstyle. Oh, you, you couldn't lie, could you? Uh, he couldn't lie. Hey, look. Uh, there's only ten left. All right. So I brought about fifty. So about ten left. But I am going to give a couple away tonight. And the first one I want to give away, you got to you got to promise to read it. All right. It's sort of a minor condition, isn't it? Uh, but the second thing is, is you've got a you've got a child that needs healing. So is anyone like that here? Okay. Come and grab it. There you go. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. That is so good. All right, the, the next one is for, you've got to read it, all right? But uh, <laughs> you have a, um, a wedding anniversary this last week. Anyone with a wedding anniversary last week, week before? Is anyone here married? <laughs> so in the last month, so you had a wedding anniversary. What about August, August? Any August? No weddings in August? My goodness. Well, let's go the other way, September. Has anyone got a wedding anniversary? There you go, right down the front here. Right, there we go. Whoever? Yeah, it looks like it's you. Cool. Oh, yeah, awesome. (laughs) It's $20, that one, all right. It's it's got a special anointing on it. (laughs) Uh, Can we just put up my social media slide, because I want to be a bit more famous? Because I'm not doing... Have you got it there, guys? Did Did it ever come? Yeah, there we go. There you go for your Instagram, if you're... I haven't got my phone with me, it's just down there. But at the Tarkbana, Twitter, at Tarkbana, I don't want one's a capital T and the one's small, I'm not sure why that is. And then Facebook, you have to go to running with fire with Tarkbana. So, you know, if you if you sign up tonight and, and do that, then you're gonna make me more famous. <laughs> and uh, I think that's a good thing. It's a good thing. So we'd really appreciate you doing that. But hey, I travel all over the place. I'm heading up to the UK. Shortly, I'm going to be holidaying in Paris and Barcelona. I was forced into that, and uh, it's, it's it's a trial. and uh, And then I'm up in India later on in the year, and I'm in Vicargo I'm doing combined prayer meetings down there, and all over the place. All right, I'm going to be back here, I think, in Christchurch at some stage this year as well. So if you want to follow me, um, sign up. If you don't want to follow me, sign up anyway. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your presence here in this place, and Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We just ask that you would minister to each and every person. It's taken time to be here tonight. Father, we just pray for the touch of heaven. Lord, we pray for an impartation by your spirit. Lord, of truth and of understanding. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said. The white spaces between the Bible verses I really leave you plenty of room to say, I wonder. For example, I wonder if, Adam and Eve had a huge domestic after eating the fruit. How many reckon they did? Yeah, and I reckon that domestic's continuing with us today. They started it, so just blame Adam and Eve. Um, I I wonder if Moses ever tried to part the waters again. Did Peter try walking on water a second time? I reckon he did. I've got no proof, but... I mean, surely if you did it once, you've got to try that again. Hey, wouldn't you think? Who reckons he did? Let's have a vote on this. Who reckons he didn't? And most of you have no idea. All right, that's okay. All right. So I wonder if um, Noah liked sailing. Did Jonah continue to eat fish? The Bible doesn't tell us the full story, does it? So let's go to Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to explore a little passage here this morning, uh, evening. Uh, Now, the birth of Jesus was as follows. And his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. I just want you to think of Joseph for a minute, all right? And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her, Is of the Holy Spirit. Just imagine you're Joseph for a minute. Like he's like you and me. Like he's not a super, you know, superhuman person. He's just like us, and he's hearing this stuff. And she'll bring forth a son, and she'll call his name Jesus, for he'll save his people from their sins. So all this was done, might be that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken through the Lord, through the prophet, saying, "Behold, the virgin shall be with child." And bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife. I wonder if the innkeeper, who said, there's no room, ever realized he turned God away. Just a thought. And I wonder how Joseph handled the events around the birth of Jesus. He's like you and me, the same emotions. An angel turns up, appears to him in a dream, and tells him his wife is going to be pregnant. And the child has been, his wife is pregnant, the child has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, will be the Son of God, his name will be Jesus, and he will save their people from their sins. If I was Joseph, I'd say, like, <laughs> like what? Can you Can you run this past me again? You're telling me my wife is pregnant, what, by... Holy Spirit? Like, and this is the Son of God? Like, can you imagine for a moment what's going on in Joseph's mind? Because I want you to think about that. Because in his confusion, he must have been confused. His loneliness, maybe his fear. I wonder if Joseph thought, Lord, this is not the plan I had for my life, this is not what I expected. Maybe if Joseph wonders, you know, the son of God born in a stable, not a temple, no parade, no banquet, no honored guests, the birth is five days away from home, so there's no family, no grandparents waiting at the door to welcome the new child, there's no family rejoicing, and Joseph may well have thought, Lord, this just, just does not add up. This just does not seem right to me. Have I missed something? I want to look at this thought tonight that I think maybe, like Joseph, we've all had thoughts and wondered Lord, this is not what I expected. It's not the way I thought my life and serving you and following you was going to turn out. I've pursued your will, I've made sacrifices. To be honest, I expected a better pathway. Smoother road. Why? Why all this pain? Why the struggle? Why the battle? So wrong expectations can be a major source of discouragement and disillusionment. And we can have false expectations about what success looks like. You know, a lot of you sitting here are really successful, but the devil's persuaded you're not, because we've defined success in a, you know, a fruitful way where people can see everything that is successful around us. But can I suggest to you that every day that you get up and you serve God and you obey him, you are a success. It's not all the outward stuff. There's people who are successful outwardly, but in their own life, personal life, they're actually not successful at all. So we sometimes, you know, it says, uh, well done, good and famous servant. No, it doesn't, does it? It says, well done, good and faithful servant. So have you ever asked this question, Lord, did I miss it? When I made that decision, did I hear you right? You know, giving my life to Jesus was the most wonderful thing I ever did and I trust it was for you as well. But it also meant some unexpected hardships that I would face. And no one warned me of what was coming, what was ahead. Gave my life to Christ, everyone's celebrating, rejoicing. But then there's these challenges. When I got married, would you believe there was no engagement party? And so my parents did not approve of my choice, so they did not attend the wedding. And it was incredibly hard. I cried at my own wedding. It was not what I expected. It's not what I thought would happen. And it confused me in, in, in many ways. There's no great family celebration, none of that. And as a Christian, because my family are non-Christians, I was not so favored as I used to be. So I went down the the, the ranking order. You know, the pecking order, I used to be near the top. I went right down to the bottom because I was now the black sheep. I like to prefer myself as the white sheep of the family, but they saw it a little bit differently to that. Actually brown, to be honest. (laughs) And then there's the Philippines. Missionaries for three years. Not what we expected. My wife, uh, it was a really, really hard time. My daughter was born there. My wife got pregnant. Many of you know the story. Incredibly, incredibly difficult pregnancy. She was in bed most of the nine months. You know, you're 10,000 kilometers from home. No family, no friends, no support, virtually, virtually. Then she goes into postnatal depression we thought it would come right when the baby was born went a postnatal depression and it was uh, I was grounded I couldn't travel she couldn't be she, I had to be out of side if, you know if I had to go to the office she'd have to come with me because she couldn't be left on her own and eventually she crashed completely and uh, we made our way back home to New Zealand and uh, it's not the way we planned one our first child to be born nor the way our missionary adventure or mission life would be. It's not, we just did not expect any of those things at all to happen. And we had lots of questions. we had both left well-paying jobs. So I was an accountant. She was a nurse. We gave that all away and, uh, you know, made that sacrifice to go and serve God on the foreign field. And then I thought, and this is the reward. This is the result like God. This is not what I expected. I wonder how many of you are facing or have faced not what I expected. One of the things I learned in that very dark time of our lives. While we asked ourselves the questions, Lord, did we hear you right? Did we make a wrong turn? Should we have not gone? But I know that we were in the center of God's will. So we prayed for understanding. We cried out to God and said, God, what, what is going on here? And the heavens were brass. You ever had that? You're desperate and there's no voice from heaven. And so you carry on as, as best you can. Can that's when I learned what I call the truth of the mystery box, of living with mystery. Living with mystery means you have to live with something you don't understand, that God is not explain to you and he is under no obligation to explain to you everything that happens in your life he is God he doesn't have to explain and in this case he did not explain to us why this happened and it really was a very 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 difficult dark time we'd walk the streets looking for you know light at the end of the tunnel but we could see no light and we just had to keep walking and so I came to that place in my life where I thought the only way I'm going to survive this and I came to understand I had to take that event of the Philippines, and put it in a mystery box, meaning an unanswered trial, an unanswered challenge, an unanswered problem in my life. And I had to leave that there and then continue as best I could on my journey with God. So I faced a massive choice, massive choice of would I let this huge trial derail my calling, derail and paralyze my future. See, it could have been the end for me. It really could have, and for Adrian. In fact, we thought it was the end. And we could have missed out on what God is doing through our lives today. And I think uh, the devil threw all hell at us to derail us, to disillusion us, to make us bitter, to make us want to give up and call it a day because he knew what God had planned for our lives. And so he threw everything at us, including the kitchen sink. And I had to make a choice in those dark hours of our lives, and Adrian had to as well. And I made a decision, and I said, God, I choose to trust you. God, I still... Believe that you are good, that you are fair, that you are kind, and I'm going to continue to serve you with the same passion as when I began. One day I will understand, probably on the other side when I get to heaven. In the meantime, God, I will live with mystery, and I'll continue to serve you with all of my heart. It was a challenging time in our lives. Here's a quote for you. Always remember you are braver than you believe. You're stronger than you seem, and you're smarter than you think. You are braver than you believe. You're stronger than you seem because the resurrection power of God is in you. You are stronger, and you just got to believe it. Some people think, no, I'm not strong enough for that. Yes, you are, because God is with you and God is in you, and you are smarter than you think. You may not be the most intelligent person on the block, but it's all right. You've got the spirit of God with you. You've got God in your life and he can make you smarter than all the people around you. Never forget some of those truths in your life. Trouble and suffering, you see, do not mean you're out of God's will. If that was the case, then the apostle Paul was out of God's will nearly all the time. And so was Jesus out of the will of God nearly all the time. Because everywhere they went, they suffered, they struggled, they persecuted. they were, They were, you know, stoned and 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 beaten and all the rest of it. But God was fashioning Paul for His purposes. You know, God's the master of working positive results out of the most difficult trials. And we're gonna kind of explore that a little bit with you tonight. Romans 8:28. For we know all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God is working everything you're going through right now for good. You can't see it, you can't understand it, but believe me. But God's word does not lie. And I've discovered he does work it all for good by his spirit and by his power. It says in John 16:33, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I don't know about you, but most of us, or many of us, we tend to be idealists. We kind of want a life that's, you know, I know we're going to be a few battles and struggles here, but we, we want look, not too many difficulties, not many too many trials. Kind of like we want a spiritual utopia. That comes in heaven, folks. While you're here on planet Earth, it's a sin-sick, fallen, and broken world. There's going to be tribulation. Jesus said that there's going to be challenges. There is going to be difficulties. Do you know that some of our, I shouldn't really say this in church, but I'm going to say it. Some of our deepest grief will not come from the world, but actually comes from the church. Hmm. Yeah, so people will betray you. They will criticize you. They will hurt you. Some of them will even leave you. People you're depending on. I've heard it said, who needs a devil when you've got people in the church to give you a rough time? And everyone said, not me. Bag's not me. Isn't it true though? Some of my greatest pain has come from within the church. <laughs> not from outside of the church. And it's true for many Christians today. A lot of Christians don't come to church because someone else in the church did something that they didn't find uh, easy to handle. You know, one of my closest friends, we've been friends for for decades. Do you know why I made it zero to 25 tonight? So I'd just get in at the 25. So I'll be mostly praying for myself tonight. Father, anoint this young man with the spirit of God and power. Yeah, you're as old as you think you are. How many 25-year-olds and under here tonight? Yeah, all of us. There you go. That's right. That's why we did it that way but i have a friend of mine and we've been uh, uh, friends for 40 years <coughs> so that doesn't quite add up does it but anyway but he leads this large church in auckland and recently about a, four or five months ago he's in the garage he gets some strike he hits his head on the garage door falls backwards and hits his head on the concrete and he has this severe concussion he can't get out of bed for three days and he goes through this dark dark tunnel he's not been in church roughly for about four months he got to church about a thousand people and uh I've talked to him, and he's he's just said, what is this? 40 years, faithfully serving God, and bang. And, and and you know, he's got pain behind his eyes. He's got dizziness, concussion. He can't sleep well. I mean, he's he's slowly getting better. But talk about not what I expected. Just an absolute shock from out of nowhere. And some of those things happen in our lives, and we've got to somehow make our way through and then process them process through them so one of the things i want to suggest is that we need to make sure we preach the whole truth not just come to jesus and you know hey everything's going to be okay and he'll answer all your prayers and there's going to be no more problems. we all know that's not true but sometimes people can get that oppression with christianity and i always say to our people if they're giving a testimony i say yeah give us the victory but will you give us the failures as well give us the times you overcome but give us also the times that you didn't quite make it through because honesty is going to help everybody Otherwise, we create this atmosphere that we've all got to be victorious and overcoming all the time. And none of us are like that at all. I've failed so many times, and so have you. So why don't we just be honest about that? Because then we create a Christianity that is real, that people can buy into. And then when things go wrong, they don't think, what on earth is going on here? We say, well, we told you it was going to be like that. We told you there was going to be tribulation. There was going to be challenges. There were going to be things that you would not understand. That's the way it is. And when we understand that, friends, why do most people walk away from God? Because something happens they can't understand. See, You know, sometimes our challenge is not what happened. The harder challenge, we can't understand why it happened. We can deal with a challenge sometimes, but God, why? Well, that's another story. And that's what messes with our minds. And so not what I expect is something that comes about in our lives. You know, for many of us, our testimony is we've had plenty of troubles since we have saved. In fact, Maybe more than before. Do you know I've had more trials since I was saved than before I was saved? Before I was saved, it was kind of like pretty cool, actually. There was some issues here and there. But after I got saved, it's like all hell broke loose. Well, it makes sense. Why? I'm suddenly a soldier in this mighty army that's trying to bring transformation to the world, to reach lost people. For Jesus, I'm trying to live a godly life. And all hell is now arrayed against me. We're soldiers in the army. Welcome to the party. Welcome to Christianity. You know, but when you're a non-Christian, the devil's all happy with you. He doesn't mind what you do. Once you're saved, you're a target. He's got to try and get you out of the fight. So don't be surprised that these battles come. But hey, don't be uh, distressed about any of that, because greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. In the end, we win. We overcome and we defeat the enemy. But we're in a battle zone. You know, you're in a battle zone to, to reach Christchurch. You know, to reach beyond Christchurch, to go into Selwyn and other places, you're at the front line of the battle going forwards. You know, it's, it's war, folks. <laughs> it's war. It's a battle. You know, the devil's not going to say, oh, welcome to Selwyn. Here's all these lost people. Good luck. Well done. You cheat. no, no. He's going to fight. But you're equal to the fight. You're more than equal to the fight. You know, the great key to, one of the great keys to success, I believe, is endurance. Endurance. Write this down somewhere. You have to outlast your opposition. You have to outlast your struggles. Whatever they are, your disappointment, you have to outlast them. You've got to keep going beyond that. That's endurance. Don't run away from it because if your roots are securely fixed in Jesus, you will outlast every storm. It's going to come up here, I think. Is it going to come up here? Have you got the next one? No? Maybe it's not going to come? No, no. Well, we'd have that one anyway. But before that was... If your roots are securely fixed in Jesus, you will outlast every storm. Every storm runs out of rain. Isn't that the truth? A close walk with God will get you through any trial. As your day, so shall your strength be. Then I have a quote that I got from Danny Guglielmiucci. I don't know where he got it from because there's nothing new under the sun. But there's strength for the stretch. You've got to believe that. There is strength for the stretch. God's going to stretch you. He stretched me, and He'll he not He'll never stop stretching you, because if you think of a bow and arrow, the further you want that arrow to go, guess what? The more you've got to stretch it, okay? And God's going to stretch you because He wants you to go further. He'll stretch this church because He wants it to go further, but there is strength for the stretch. There's a, God will provide what you need so you can get through the stretching that takes place. He'll put strength into your spirit, a strength into your heart. So, How do we handle these disappointments is unexpected. Isaiah 45 verse 3 says, I will give you the treasures of darkness, hidden riches of secret places. Here's the point to write down something. Look for the treasures. There are tremendous treasures. Do you know where they find all the gold and silver and sapphire and all that? Not lying on a beach in the sand. No, no, deep in the earth where it's cold, it's dark, it's dangerous, and it's lonely. That's where you find... The diamonds, that's where you find the jewels, that's where you find the treasure. Sometimes, this is for some of you here tonight, God will put a Goliath in your life for you to find a David within you, Rick Godwin, do you know there's a giant killer in you? Every single one of you here under the sound of my voice tonight and beyond. There's a giant killer in you. There's a giant killer in you. And sometimes God will put a Goliath in your life. So you actually discover the David that is within you. I have faced Goliaths repeatedly in my life so many times. I wish the Goliaths, you know, when they've turned up, I thought, man, get out of my way. I don't want you, kid, get out of my life. But as a result of that Goliath, I've discovered that there was a David within me. There was a giant killer within me. How are you going to ever discover the giant killer that's in you? You have to face a Goliath. You have to face a challenge that is bigger than you. But when you face it, God is with you. And you're going to discover this tremendous uh, giant killer, this David that is within you. And then, you know, that steps you up to a whole new place and a whole new level in your walk with God and everything else God wants to do in your life. Giants are to release the giant killer in you. As I look back over some of the trials I've faced, I thought, God, I thank you for that Goliath because now I know that I've got this, this David within me, this giant. You've, every one of you, tell the person next to you, there's a giant killer in you while well, I get something to drink. There's a giant killer in you. How many of you believe that tonight? Hey, can you believe that? <laughs> you need to because you're going to face the giant. Somewhere along the line, there's a giant coming your way. And that's not your wife. Or your husband Though I guess it could be I'm not going there Look for God in the unexpected Look for God in the unexpected He's there He's doing something You know Joseph's thrown into a pit And he's in prison How many of you reckon that was not what he expected He has his two dreams <laughs> going to be a leader of the people fantastic thank you jesus i'm like that next thing he's in this prison he said there's pitney thing you got hold on what happened to the dreams god what's going on and we all know god knew exactly what he was doing but joseph didn't know it at that time he was in that pit and that was in that prison and you know what is the interesting thing only twice does it say in scripture from what i understand that god was with joseph and he only says it when he's in prison and when he's a slave in pot of his house in his darkest moments god was closest that's the God that we serve. He draws near to us when we are feeling that we're losing our way and God's not near. So God was guiding him into his future. That's what, Joseph, that's what God was doing with Joseph. This pit, this prison, unexpected. He was just guiding him, getting him to where he wanted him to be, which was where? Into Egypt. The God was in Israel. He was happy in Israel. He would have loved to stay there for the rest of his life. But if he did, he never would have fulfilled his calling and his destiny. So he goes through the unexpected, the pit, and then as a slave, finds himself in Egypt and fulfills what God has planned and purposed for his life. God is at work in the unexpected. God is doing amazing things in and through your life at all times. And, you know, I think one of the, the biggest things to do is to, is to the, what stands out for me in the midst of trials is the word trust. Trust. To trust God in the midst of trials pours amazing grace and strength into our life. In fact, they say the middle verse of the Bible, if you try and I've never bothered to check it out. But they say that it's, um, the middle verse is it's better to trust in the Lord. Don't trust in yourself. Don't trust in the people around you. Don't, don't put that trust, you know, you trust them a bit, but don't put all your trust in there. Put your trust in God. And he will not let you down. And it draws great grace into your heart and tremendous strength into your hearts. You know, 30 years after the Philippines, a lady turned up in my office this year, a few months ago. Prophetic ministry. She was new to the church. She said God gave her a a vision of Adrian and myself. And she said, listen to this. She said, I saw you both walking in the sand. She sat on this vision for six months, prayed and fasted to make sure it was from God. She was so scared to tell me. And she said, I saw you walking through the sand. And she said, you were going along steadily. And then she said, I saw you You both go deep into the sand. It's like you sunk down really deep for a two-year period. She said it was obviously an incredibly difficult time for your lives. And she's telling me, I'm sitting there thinking, that's the Philippines. 30 years later. 30 years. And then she said, knowing nothing about the whole thing, she said to me, God did a work in your lives during those two years. That's got you ready for what he's doing in your ministry today. That's the best explanation, or that's as much of an explanation. It's not a full explanation, but it's, it's as much of an explanation as I have had. But it also tells me that God knew. God saw it. And he sent someone 30 years later to pick up that incident in my life. That's how intimate God is with us. That's how personal he is in our lives. He knows everything that's going on and whatever you're going through today can I just say God is with you he's working in your life it may not all make sense it may not all you know be able to understand it all but God is at work and doing something in your life the giants you face are not to defeat you but to show people the anointing on your life have we got that one guys I'm not sure whether I gave it to the team maybe it's not yeah there it goes the giants you face are not to defeat you. We always think they're going to defeat us, don't you? But it's to show people the anointing on your life. Wow. And people see what God can do through your lives. See, David faced Goliath, and, but it resulted in David moving towards God's purposes for his life. Moses struggled with Pharaoh to push him into his calling. Esther had Haman who wanted to annihilate the Jews, if not for the struggle Esther would never have fulfilled her calling. God uses the unexpected to shift us in the direction of his will. doesn't always make sense. You know, many of you know the story of Bill Wilson, don't you? Young man, I don't know how old he was, 10 or 11. His mom takes him shopping. He's at the side, curb of the road. She said, just wait here and I'll be back. He waits three days. She never turned up. I can't imagine what that's like for a However old he was, 10 or 11 years old. But you know today, Bill Wilson has one of the most significant ministries to children. Reaching out to thousands of kids in the United States. The unexpected, the struggle, God used it to move him into his purposes for his life. And what God had planned to do in him. You see, God's the master of working all things together for good. Somehow, some way, he's so brilliant. He's extraordinarily good if you will allow him. Just keep trusting him. Keep your heart close to God. And you're going to be amazed at what God will do in and through your life. You know, for some of you here, we heard this morning, a new campus is unexpected. It really is unexpected. It's like something that maybe you thought years ago was never going to happen through this church. But I believe God's going to use it to show the anointing on this house and the anointing on many other people that are a part of this congregation. God will use it. People will begin to rise into, you know, they'll be pressed into serving God and into their destiny. And La Vida, this church here, will grow and also take another step into the purposes of God for you. That's just the way God works. And you watch, I believe that, you know, you're going to see that this uh, this. Place here will grow and the empty seats, God will fill them again. I believe He's going to do that. So at Church Unlimited, we've got, you know, as I said, seven campuses. We've poured people out. We've sent all our best out. You sent your best out. We sent most of our pastors out. And they've gone all over the place now. And yet, Church Unlimited West is the fastest growing of all the campuses. It's much bigger now than two years ago when we started all these campuses. God is extraordinary. He is amazing. And it's just showing the anointing that is on the house. You know, it's unexpected. We didn't expect to do all these campuses. We really didn't. It wasn't in our plans. But God, I believe, used it to demonstrate the the mantling that is on the house. I believe he's going to do the same here for you at La Vida. And everyone who agrees with me, please say a mighty amen. Yeah, amen. He's going to do it for you. It would be just fantastic. So here's a suggestion for you, all right? I wish if everyone was here, it would be even better. But here's a suggestion for you. Next week, the week after the week after, invite someone to church. Just invite someone, and you'll. before you know it, you'll fill this place up again, and you'll want to send them out somewhere else, and uh, next time you can choose the ones that you send out, all right, the ones that you want to go, all right, not all the ones you wanted, didn't want to go, but next time, you know, you know. So, sometimes when you've got a really difficult person, you just say, I feel God's calling us to plant a church, <laughs> you know, and I think you and this little team of yours, and it's in Alaska, hey, we're with you, we'll, we'll back you all the way, you know. <laughs> there's there's method in our madness sometimes isn't there but but, you know it it releases people into destiny it releases people have to step up to a level that they, they they didn't even know it was in them but it is in them because it's to release show people the anointing that you carry on your life it's exciting friends it is so exciting when you kind of see the hand of God behind everything. There were two sons. One was an optimist. One was a pessimist. How many optimists are in the house? Give me a wave. How many pessimists? And most of you have no idea. All right. Well, anyway, there was two of them. It's the two sons. And so they dumped a truckload of toys into the room of the pessimist. And a truckload of manure into the room of the optimist. Well, the pessimist crying his heart out. And they said, what's wrong, son? He says, oh, I don't know which toy to play with. And the, op- the, the optimist, he's digging through the manure furiously. They said, what are you doing? He says, there's got to be a horse in here somewhere. <laughs> Here's the point. Keep digging. Whatever you're going through, keep digging. There's a horse in there somewhere. There's a treasure in there somewhere. There's a jewel in there somewhere. There's a sapphire in there somewhere. There's gold in there somewhere. You're not going through it for nothing. It's not purposeless and pointless. There is purpose. There's plan. There's a design of God. There's gold. There's silver. There's precious jewels. Keep on digging. Keep digging until you discover the the glorious things that God is doing in and through your life. Till you discover the anointing that's on your life. Till you discover the giant killer that is in your life. Keep on digging. And you're going to find some of stuff that's going to really amaze you. You know, my dream was to be a missionary for life. Three years in the Philippines was disappointing and unexpected. But watch this. Here's the mystery box. <laughs> Unexplained. God, why? 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 Why the pain? Why the suffering? Why the... Oh, I'm not going to go there. Anyway, we come home on furlough. We've left all our gear back in the Philippines. We're, we're ready to go back. If we went, oh man, I can't believe we were ready to go back. We were in such a terrible state, especially with my wife. No condition to go back whatsoever. So when we're back on furlough, we get offered a position to be the associate pastors of New Zealand's largest church, and that day, one of the largest churches in the world. Look, watch this. If the Philippines... Had been an easy experience, if we had known the blessing of God and great fruitfulness in the Philippines. Because my dream was to be a missionary. When we were offered a position to be an associate pastor in a church in New Zealand, we would have flat refused and said, "No way! We know what God has called us to do. We're missionaries in the nations." But because of the unexpected, because of the unexplained situation, because of the mystery box, because of the pain, because of the hurt. We said no to going back to the Philippines, then we accepted this position in New Zealand. And as a result of that today, We're infinitely more fruitful, more effective, and and, and fulfilling God's will way beyond anything we would have done if we were missionaries still out in the Philippines As through the radio and television magazine. We're now in over 100 nations of the world. We've got New Zealand beyond Auckland and Christchurch and Pakistan and the United Kingdom. And I trace it all back, friends, to the unexpected. Man, I'm stirred about this. I don't know why I'm stirred. I've never preached this before. But I'm stirred about this tonight. I'm stirred about this tonight. If it wasn't for the unexpected, if it wasn't for the mystery box, if it wasn't for the heavens being brass and unexplained answers, we'd probably be missionaries somewhere in the world doing a reasonable job. But today, could I say a hundred times more fruitful? And so God ultimately used it. He works all things, all things. All things, I said all things, all things, brokenness, hurt, pain, together for good. For them that love God and are called according to his purposes. I hope you can receive that tonight. It's a long way of making a simple point. But I think sometimes I finish with this. Because of what I've just done tonight. My last point is this. Struggles qualify you. And equip you to help others. This is what I'm doing tonight. I trust by the grace of God. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Who comforts us in all our tribulation. That we may be able to comfort those... Who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. When you have been through something. You can help a lot of people. And I want to suggest maybe that is your greatest ministry of all. Helping other people. Comforting other people. I read the story this person recently had a out of body experience and they met with Jesus. And um, somehow they found themselves asking Jesus, what's the purpose of life? What's the purpose of life? Apparently it's the biggest question people want, want, on the planet want to know today. And somehow they said Jesus didn't speak in an audible voice. But Jesus made it very clear to this person, the purpose of life. Would you believe this? This is challenged challenge me, is love. The purpose of life is love. Loving people caring for people when you've been through stuff you can love people and comfort them see we we need to i'm going to do a message of redefining success it's really stirred my heart because we're brought into what worldly success and it's just so wrong god's measures are so different than our measures but when you've been through something you can help a lot of people Even though the devil sent the unexpected and disappointments to take you out, God's going to use it to take you up. And when you're up, you're going to be able to help a lot of other people get up as well. There's something in the not what what I expected and struggle that God can use for you to become what he has purposed for your life. Moses needed Pharaoh. David needed this mad king Saul chasing him. The children of Israel needed giants. Joseph needed prison. And we need struggle to prepare us for the greater future God has for us. The good news, weeping may endure for a night, as the musicians would come, but joy comes in the morning. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, eyes not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered the heart of man, the god things that God has prepared for those who love him. God is in unexpected, working wonderful things for your life.